3: Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Subway. Please try the Subway Series menu. Your pick of 12 irresistible subs. We are one sleep from actual football. Florio?
4: Oh, I can't contain myself, man. (laughs)
3: Like, I've been... I mean, we do football prep for
4: months leading up to this, and, like, it's finally here. I don't know. It's like I feel like a
3: kid on Christmas Eve it right is, now. It's very much Christmas Eve. I guess I should introduce me, all right, Our, ourselves, <laughs> right? It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, along with Michael F. Florio. That's how uh, excited we are. That's how fired up we are. We got the specialists over there behind the cameras there. Woo! There it is. Uh, a cast of dozens helping us put together this show. Uh, producer Randy. Uh, Randy, uh, Let's just not everything that happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas. Sometimes uh, you you bring uh, a little bit of a, a fever and a, a summer cold or something back with you. Randy's under the weather, so we wish him well and hopefully he. We, is, uh, we've all had soon. the Vegas flu before. We've all had the Vegas flu before, <laughs> so uh, Randy, we we hope you're all right. Uh, we hope to see you back again soon. Uh, before we get into this week, so we got plenty to talk about here with uh, game day coming up. It is not too late, for sure, for sure, to sign up for NFL Fantasy Football. It is free. It is easy. You can download the NFL Fantasy app or you can go to fantasy.nfl.com. I'm sure there's still plenty of drafts going. You and I uh, did a our draft for the Fantasy Live League last night. Uh, you did not get Kyle Pitts in the third round. Someone else beat you to it. Uh,
4: he went with the first pick of the third round. So I guess if I'm not going to get him in the first It's Kyle Pitts no matter what, unless Alex Wilk takes him with the first
3: overall pick of the third round. The hard part about doing this job and giving our takes is that everybody, especially in the building, is listening to what we say. So that makes it really hard to draft against people. So I had my home league
4: draft on Sunday, and like Drake, London, Kadarius, Tony, all these guys that you know I like are going (laughs) way earlier than expected. And then one of my friends is like, you know, me and you always like like the same guys that I like. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think it's the other way around on this one, but... (laughs)
3: Yeah, it's just so hard, man. But uh, anyway, there's still plenty of time to get your league up and going. Even once the first couple of games have been played, you can still put your league together and do some drafts. So uh, be sure to sign up for that. Speaking of games, we are going to go through all the games in week one. We got game previews, we have must-start sleepers, guys to avoid, all that and more. But let's start with a little bit of news because we actually have news now going into week one. The long regional nightmare is over. Mitch Trubisky has been named the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know that that is a major surprise. Uh, I know it was kind of an interesting battle between he and Kenny Pickett all throughout camp. Although, weirdly, Pickett is the th- the QB3, I think, on the they, depth chart. They released a second depth chart this week, okay. and
4: he was now the QB2.
3: Okay. That makes a little more sense. I, again... I don't know what we're doing with Mason Rudolph. I have no idea what Mason Rudolph (laughs) is doing there. But anyway, we know Trubisky is going to be the starter in week one. So when you look at the skill position, guys, those wide receivers, Najee Harris, good, bad. How are you feeling about this now? I think this was to be expected as we saw
4: the preseason play out. It became clearer and clearer that early on, Trubisky would be the guy. I continue to say with Najee Harris, I'm somewhat concerned because I think Najee will get all his usual groundwork. But the thing in the passing game was Big Ben is like a statue; he'd feel pressure, he would dump it off. So I don't know if he's going to get that number of targets. And then with Deontay Johnson, we knew he was like 10 plus targets every week with Ben. We don't know that with the new quarterback. But with the others, I think the upside is high because with Big Ben I mean you were getting like six air
3: yards per target I think that's sort of the the big takeaway here right is that it's going to be more of a vertical offense I don't know you know it's not going to be you know the Chiefs or anybody like the the Chargers anything like that Um, but with Ben it was more of a horizontal offense and I don't think you're going to (laughs) have that this year so that's good news for Deontay Johnson it's good news for George Pickens who's everybody's you know maybe favorite rookie wide receiver. It's either him or Romeo Dobbs right now is everybody's favorite sleeper rookie wide receiver. And even Chase Claypool, who – Right now, it looks like he's just going to be a big slot receiver, but potentially could be a matchup nightmare for some guys. Just as a big, fast dude, uh, if he can kind of keep his head together, I think potentially can, can pay some dividends. But I'm with you on Najee, and that's the reason I shied away from drafting him a lot this year, just because I don't know that the target share is going to be the same this year. Because, as you mentioned, uh, when Ben would see things break down, he would panic, he'd dump it off. I don't know that you get quite as much of that with Trubisky this year. Yeah. Uh, um, Over to Vegas, Darren Waller is expected to play against the Chargers on Sunday. He's been dealing with a hamstring, missed a lot of time during training camp, was sort of going through some contract dispute issues, but it looks like he's going to be there for week one. I know you and I talked about George Kittle and how maybe we were a little bit concerned about him. I feel like I have concerns about Darren Waller, maybe not to the same extent because he plays a a different sort of game than George Kittle, but I just wonder, you know, is is he going to be healthy enough and are there enough targets to go around now that Devonte adams is there
4: yeah i think that's the big thing because Devonte adams is going to come in and see 140 150 targets easily i i would say uh so that naturally is just going to take away from everyone else i i still have darren waller as a top five tight end but i do agree i think he's closer to george Kittle than he is the big three elite tight ends um and, and because of that i don't have much darren waller i just the fact that like he's still going around the, the range of like, some high-end wide receiver twos that I just feel much better about. I would, just, I would be like, all right, if I miss out on Kyle Pitts, like you know I just didn't feel comfortable enough the next round taking Darren Waller.
3: Waller's still going off the board mostly in the fourth round, maybe the fifth round, depending on, on you know, who you're drafting with. And I was in a draft earlier on Tuesday where I just, you know, once you know, Andrews was off the board, Kelsey was off the board, Pitts was off the board. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go Dalton Schultz. It just with the Dalton Schultz route, just you know, bypassed Waller, bypassed Kittle, and I feel okay about it. I feel yeah. confident in that. I, I think that Schultz is. I, I
4: think that could be a tier of its own. Like if you break up the Big Five, I think Schultz then belongs with uh, with Waller and and Kelsey uh, Kittle. I mean, I have no issue with that at all. So,
3: yeah. So we'll see how this turns out. I know you know Adam Rank putting out the hot take a couple weeks ago that he thinks Dalton Schultz will outscore Travis Kelsey. Uh, we'll see. That That's definitely a hot take. That's a hot take. It's bold. <laughs> it's bold indeed, but I do think big things are coming for Schultz this year. Uh, one more bit of news. This is per our own Ian Rappaport. Joe Flacco is going to get the start against his old team. He's facing the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if this counts as a revenge game or not, but uh, he is going to start for the Jets on Sunday. Zach Wilson still dealing with that knee injury. Uh, Expected to be out until at least week four. Uh, look. Does this change how you feel if you have Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson, anybody like that? Does this change whether or not you're interested in starting them this week?
4: I think it makes them a little bit safer. Uh, Not really Garrett Wilson per se, but I think it makes Elijah Moore a little bit safer, who was better without Zach Wilson last year. I think the big winners of this are the running backs, because not only do I expect them to run the ball even more with Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson is a very good athlete, and he's very mobile, so I think this could be, mean even more dump-offs. We saw Michael Carter ascend in the passing game without Zach Wilson last year, but I do think their ceiling is lower because say what you will about Zach Wilson. When I watched him play, and I watched all of his games from last year, I don't know why I did that, but I was like, <laughs> hey, this seems like a good idea in like June, and he he has all the physical skills like there's not a throw he can't make it's just all mental so the upside isn't as high
3: I don't think but the floor is definitely safer I do think it was uh I don't know if weird's the word but uh notable when Garrett Wilson was basically saying yeah Joe Flacco throws a more catchable ball than Zach Wilson <laughs> I don't know if the Jets really wanted to hear uh, hear their rookie wide receiver say that about their supposed franchise quarterback uh all right let's get into the game previews because as I mentioned one more sleep until we have football until it is game day and things will start literally maybe a what is that maybe a, a, a driver away a along
4: wood if there was no wall or window here and we gave you a baseball do you think you can hit the stadium
3: I think so maybe I don't know that's a that's a that's a Barry Bonds drive away that's a solid maybe that's a it, solid, just, it just looks it a lot looks closer because <laughs> the building is so big anyway SoFi Stadium is going to be the Bills and the Rams should be fun I know Florio is going to be in attendance uh Huge game to start the season. Let's just let's just start with a basic question. I didn't write this. Neither did Florio. This was our producer, Hytham Kalani, who wrote <laughs> this. So I'm just going to read it verbatim. Will Josh Allen steamroll the Rams defense? And I, I'm please be as unbiased as you possibly can yeah, in answering this. I, I, I don't know if they'll
4: steamroll, but I still think he's going to have a very good fantasy okay. day. I, I think this will be a high-scoring game. In fact, Marcus – uh, in the stardom situm column this week, I said to sit each defense in this game, the Bills and the Rams, because traditionally, early on, I feel like the the games tend to favor the offense. It's hard to go through, like, the defensive motions and get everything of a game just through practice. So, uh, And there's some key pieces missing. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, and so... I, I do have uh, Josh Allen still ranked as, like, the QB1 this week.
3: I, I do think it's going to be high scoring, like you said, and I think both quarterbacks are going to have good days. Yeah, I don't know that steamroll is the word I would use because that's still a good Rams defense. I yeah. mean, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey. It's still <laughs> a really good team, uh, but I do think a good day is coming. You, look, You're starting Josh Allen. If you drafted Josh Allen probably yeah. in the third round, you're starting Josh Allen, so that's not really a question. What is a question, though? There are a lot of running backs in this game on both sides. Yeah. None of which that I feel supremely confident in. No. So let's just let's just pick one. Who is the top-scoring running back you think coming out of this game? I think it's
4: Devin Singletary by default almost. I, I have a lot of concerns about Cam Akers and about what his workload is going to look like early on. I mean, even on their official depth chart, all preseason, and then for week one, they listed Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson as the RB1. And when you have multiple RB1s, it means you don't have an RB1. <laughs> uh, and— and James Cook, I know, is the rookie there that, that in Buffalo people are saying can make some noise. I think week one, it's gonna be a lot of Devin Singletary. He just knows the system. He's the proven guy. I, I think Cook can emerge as the year goes on.
3: I'm with you. I think I think for me the two choices were Singletary or Cam Akers, and I'm gonna go with Singletary because I just think he gets more touches. I think, you know, they like James Cook but I don't see them just throwing him in, in a huge role right away. I think they sort of work him in a little bit more. Singletary will catch some passes. He will run the football effectively. And who knows, maybe he even finds the end zone. So I I like him as the, the top scoring running back out of this game. Wide receivers, again, both teams very deep at wide receiver. This one, I think, is going to be a little more interesting. Who's the top-scoring wideout in this one? Cooper Cup feels like the
4: easy answer. Uh, He's the one I have ranked the highest, but I I wanted to go in a different route here. I almost went with Gabe Davis, but I I decided to go with Stephon Diggs there. And my thinking is the, the Rams don't allow Jalen Ramsey to shadow the other team's best receiver, and everyone knows that. So I think the Bills will get creative. And how they line up digs over the field, so I, I do expect to see Ramsey on digs a good amount, but I definitely think it won't be as much as some people are anticipating. And because of that, uh, I, if I think
3: Allen has a big day, I, I think his number one wide receiver will as well. So again, like you said, Cup seemed like the easy answer there, and so that's why I didn't go with it. <laughs> uh, I went with his new running mate, Allen Robinson, because it it feels like it just feels like something Sean McVay would do. To just introduce this new guy in a huge way, to have the Rams kind of feature him as much as possible, also you know you figure the bills will be paying extra attention to Cooper Cup to not let him be the guy that beats you, so maybe that opens up things for Robinson but uh, I think I think Stafford has a nice day. I think they throw the ball effectively and especially with the questions at running back, I think that means the Rams are more likely to lean on the passing game and I just I just have this feeling there's no analytics behind it this is this is all just vibes, right, but I feel like uh, Allen Robinson gets a whole lot of work and gets a lot of opportunity uh, in this game. All right, Florio, let's talk about our stat of the week that comes to us courtesy of our Cracked Research team. Uh, and a running back, aged 27 or more, has not finished in the top six in each of the last four seasons. So... Means which running back that's twenty seven or older are you most worried about this season? They're guys like Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, all those guys are twenty seven or older. Which one of them worries you the most this year?
4: it's not great when three of them are all going as top six running backs <laughs> right. in Eckler, Henry, and Cook. Um, I, I worry the most about Derrick Henry though. Uh, Eckler, I think will will he is a L- lot less wear and tear on the tires will catch enough passes. Derrick Henry, though, has so much tread on those tires because he ca- carries the ball 300-plus times a year when he's healthy. And then last year, we saw him start to break down because of that uh, usage. It was a stress fracture, which comes from wear and tear over time. And then he needed to have surgery in the middle of his foot. And when you are a running back that size with an injury like that, that can cause long-term uh impacts on your performance I have to be very concerned so I still have Henry ranked high Marcus but I just I have not drafted him many places I've just been taking receivers
3: over him I I'm sort of still believing I I still believe he's just built different but you're right the stress fracture is concerning uh I just sort of buy that you know that last year was the first year he'd ever really seriously been hurt for me it's James Conner it really is just a question of touchdown regression I mean yeah he was so good getting in the end zone last year and they did start using him in the passing game which was something we hadn't seen during his time in Pittsburgh I don't know if the target share is going to be there again this year and look I'm not fully buying that you know Benjamin comes in and has this huge role but you know if Connor is used similar to how he was last year but that touchdown number comes down I think his overall production takes a really big hit uh, also curious to see what happens, say, week seven and eight, once DeAndre Hopkins is back, and maybe yeah. they rely on that running game a little bit less because they've got nuke, they'll have Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz hopefully will be healthy. I know he's had a nagging injury as well. So I'm just you know, Connor was great last year, unexpectedly better than than we we thought. Uh, I don't know if he can keep that going again this year. So uh, right, back to our game previews. We've got a handful here that we're going to sort of rip through. And kind of give you our guys that you should start, sit, avoid, uh, sleepers, all that kind of stuff. So let's start. With the Saints and the Falcons, a longtime rivalry in the NFC South, the new-look Saints offense, uh, kind of the new-look Falcons offense, I guess, if you will, as well. Uh, What do you have your eye on?
4: Yeah, there's some rookies in this game that I'm going to be watching closely, but I would not want to start in fantasy. Really, the only Falcons I feel great about starting this week is Kyle Pitts. You start Alvin Kamara. And I think the one that most people are going to have questions about is Michael Thomas. And I say you start Michael Thomas. He, one, I I still think he's going to lead this team in targets last year the falcons allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers and they didn't really do a whole lot to rebuild that secondary and michael thomas has made a career off of just going off against the atlanta falcons so I, I think there's a lot to to like here i have him ranked as a top 20 wide receiver and i know people might
3: have concerns about him and his health and stuff he's healthy right now start him while he's healthy also for what it's worth james winston has more career touchdown passes against the falcons Then he can see any other team he's played. Another reason. So so there it is. Uh, 49ers at the Bears. Look, on the Niners side, I know everybody's excited to see Trey Lance. I don't know if I'm gung-ho on starting Trey Lance this week in week one against the Bears, so maybe you have another quarterback option. But Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, all those guys are on the board to start. On the Chicago side, Uh, You know, you're starting David Montgomery. Uh, I would hold off on Justin Fields. You're starting Darnell Mooney as well. But a guy that I think you really should pay attention to this week is Cole Komet, because he was one of those fantasy sleepers that everybody loved coming into the year. Uh, He was that guy sort of in the mid to late rounds at tight end that people were targeting. And last year, he really did seem to have something going with justin fields pretty much with all the bears quarterbacks and i know it was sort of frustrating because the touchdown number wasn't there uh we talked about touchdown regression with a guy like james connor i think we get positive touchdown regression with cole Komet. uh very easily could be the number two target in this passing game too behind uh, i think behind he Darnamani. should be yeah. well,
4: like who else is there really like i i've drafted a lot of cole
3: Komet so i love this call there you go all <laughs> right so we're gonna get we're gonna have to a flying start with cole Komet. Speaking of rivalry games, Steelers and Bengals, although I feel like every game in the AFC North is probably a rivalry of some sort, but Steelers and the Bengals, uh, the Bengals trying to repeat and get back to the Super Bowl for a second straight year. Uh, The Steelers, with a new quarterback, as we just mentioned, uh, what's what's to pay attention to?
4: Yeah, it's hard with a team like the Bengals when you have four players going in the first three rounds. You start them all. So, like uh, yeah, start all of those guys. The Steelers, we know to start Najee. We know to start Deontay. Uh, but after that, I think Pat Fryermuth is a sleeper, and he was going overlooked a little bit in draft season because just a lot of unknowns with that Steelers offense. But last year, he had the second most red zone targets amongst all tight ends, and he's facing a Bengals- defense that gave up the most fantasy points per game to a tight end last year and that included eight touchdowns so we say it all the time mark it's like when you're playing a tight end, streaming a tight end, you, you want a touchdown, and that's good enough there. So uh, you have a guy who is second most red zone targets against a team that allowed a lot of touchdowns to the position. I, I think it's worth taking a streaming
3: uh, a, a streamer there on Pat fryer had, what, seven touchdowns last year? Two of them came against the Bengals. He had one in each game. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he can make it three games in a row. I do like him as a sleeper this week. Eagles at the Lions. Uh, The Lions, I feel like they didn't get a hard knocks bump. I don't think people were as excited about this hard knocks with Detroit (laughs) uh, as they were with other teams. Uh, Let's start with the Eagles on the Eagles side because obviously you're starting Jalen Hurts, you're starting A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, uh, probably Devontae Smith depending on what your roster looks like. Uh, Miles Sanders a little bit banged up. Uh, He's got a hamstring issue, although the coaching staff doesn't seem to be super concerned. Uh, On the Lions side, you know you're starting, I'm on Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, probably uh, TJ. Hawkinson as well. but I want to go back to a sleeper on the Eagle side, and that's Kenneth Gainwell. And he's the guy that I was drafting late in drafts, especially as we got closer to the start of the regular season. We know he's going to catch the football. And if Miles Sanders is not 100 percent, maybe he gets a little bit more run in this first week. But either way, I think game script sort of favors the Eagles to have the football late, to use their running backs, to kind of grind down the clock and really when you look at last year it was a fairly even split in the fourth quarter between sanders and gainwell he was getting a lot of usage late in games so i think that can happen again i think he has more pass catching upside so uh he's a guy that if you've got him on your roster especially if you're in a deeper league uh, he's worth maybe maybe putting in as a flex uh, as a sleeper this week.
4: I, I like that call. He might be out there in like 10-team leagues on the waiver
3: wire. That's the thing. Yeah, he may be available, true, in a whole lot of leagues. So go check check your waiver wire. See if of uh, the Gainwell is hanging around there. If nothing else, uh, pick him up, stash him, because you may want to use him a little bit yep. later on in the season. Moving along on our Week 1 game previews over the AFC East, Patriots at Dolphins. And um, look, these are two teams that are sort of, I think everybody's looking up at the Bills in the AFC East, but two teams that I think are sort of intriguing, and they start the season against one another. Uh, who should we be starting, sitting, et cetera this week? I, I think on the Patriots side, like I'm trying to
4: get away from their from a lot of their offensive players. Uh, maybe the running backs there, Harris and Stevenson, but even there, we're not sure exactly how the workload is going to go. With the Dolphins, you paid such a high price for Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. you're starting them. I think I would sit the rest of the Miami team except for Chase Edmonds. I would be starting Chase Edmonds in fantasy football this week. And the thing about the Patriots defense, Marcus, is Bill Belichick always game plans to stop your best weapon. we know that is Tyreek Hill. It's also Jalen Waddle. Like, both of those guys uh, downfield, I I think the Patriots are going to put a lot of emphasis on trying to stop that deep ball. And if that's the case, there's just going to be so much underneath open for little dump offs to chase edmonds or or not re- they'll, they'll have defenders back so they'll be running lanes open up for edmonds i i have him ranked as a top 20 running back i think just he's going to be such a big benefactor all year long really of teams just trying however they can to stop those two receivers
3: if there's a mid-round guy that i'm sad i didn't get more shares of it's probably chase edmonds um i i tried to draft him in a lot of places and i felt like it got harder as we got closer to the season it it Um, did so many times i felt like i had him in my queue and he would go a pick or two uh right before i was on the clock so i i think big things are coming so i think this is a good start to the season for him ravens at the jets we sort of touched on this at the top of the show because we know it's not zach wilson it's going to be joe flacco getting the start on the Ravens side, obviously you're starting Lamar Jackson, you're starting Rashad Bateman, you're starting Mark Andrews there. The running back situation, I would probably be hands-off with this week just because you know J.K. Dobbins doesn't look, if he's too certain to play, they just brought in Kenyon Drake. Mike Davis is sort of there, but you're really going to be, I think, needing a touchdown from Davis to kind of get a good day. I'm sort of out on the Ravens running backs this week. On the Jets side, there's not a lot I'm excited about. I think you're starting Brees Hall probably. Um, you know, depending on your roster construction, if you're in a deep league, maybe Michael Carter, but there's not too much I'm fired up about, but I do think you start Elijah Moore and you talked earlier about how Moore was so much better last year without Zach Wilson. So he's not going to have Wilson. We know that in week one, but also I just think this is going to be kind of a game script issue where the Ravens can score. They get out early and then we know they like to run the ball, can run the ball effectively, even with a ma- mismatch of running backs. Uh, This could be a thing where Baltimore tries to shorten the game, forces the Jets to throw the football, and we see Elijah Moore pick up a lot of points in the uh, third and fourth quarters of the game as the Jets try to rally. But I I know we're excited about the Jets' pieces, but maybe just me. I'm I'm too chicken to actually play any of them this week. (laughs) I I think what you said
4: was the right approach. Like, Breeze Hall, Elijah Moore, the rest, you probably take a a wait-and-see approach. Even Breeze Hall, I mean... You probably can't get away from him, but if you have another good option, like say you have a Chase Edmonds or him, maybe the right move to,
3: to just wait and see with all Jets. Yeah, just, you know, I'm still, I'm curious to see how this shakes out between Hall and Carter, because I don't think Michael Carter is going away. Me neither. I,
4: I think early on it could be close to even. I think Brees Hall gets the larger shares as the season goes on, mm-hmm. but yeah, Michael Carter is much better than I
3: think he gets credit for. Him. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is the guy who was, you know, sharing time with Javante Williams, who we all love. They were very good together in college. I don't see why we just you know fade him right now. The Jaguars at the Commanders, which I'm sort of dubbing myself the the Carson Wentz Revenge Bowl because it was the Jaguars <laughs> that basically got Wentz punted <laughs> out of Indianapolis last year. So this is his chance to maybe get some revenge in a game that ultimately is not going to really mean a whole lot because neither of these teams are going very far this year. But... Uh, They do have some interesting fantasy players. So uh, who should people pay attention to?
4: Yeah, I I think this is one of those games, Marcus, where it's best to take a wait and see approach with most of the players involved. (laughs) I I think like Christian Kirk as as a wide receiver three is fine. Terry McLaurin is obviously uh, someone that you need to play. I would try to avoid the running backs from Washington, any of the other receivers or tight ends there, but in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne got a lot of hype this draft season. He was going as like a third or fourth round pick. And I say start him and start him with confidence. I know James Robinson is back and people are using that to, to be maybe a little bit worried about Travis Etienne. It's his first game back a few like nine months after tearing his Achilles. I, I don't know how he's going to look one Or how much work he's even going to see. And I think even if the Jags are playing from behind in this one, I think Etienne will be the back they use in the passing game there. And if they're playing with the lead, I could see him being the one that grind out the clock. Because I don't think James Robinson,
3: fresh off of this Achilles injury, is going to be able to carry the ball 15 to 20 times. I really want to watch the backfield usage for the Jaguars. Because I do like Travis Etienne, but I also have drafted a lot of James Robinson because he seems to be hanging around. He's on the board in like the 10th round. So I'm like, well, I'll definitely take a shot at yeah. him in the 10th <laughs> round. So I'm very curious as to what Robinson looks like and how he gets used and you know, whether or not as we get maybe a month into the season, if that role increases uh, for him there. Browns at the Panthers, which on paper just feels like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have I've been on record saying this. I just, I just don't want any part of the Browns offensively this year. Uh, if you've got Nick Chubb, you're starting Nick Chubb. That, I think, is, is maybe the clear-cut. I can make a case for starting Kareem Hunt as well, especially because I think he gets a lot of dump-offs, I think, with Jacoby Brissett being there. Uh, on the Panthers' side, we know you're starting Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, maybe, you're probably starting DJ Moore, too. Let me say that too. you. You're going to start DJ Moore in that offense. Everybody else, uh, I don't know if I'm too excited about it. I will say, though, beware of Abari Cooper. And now, depending on where you drafted him and what the rest of your wide receiver depth looks like, you may be forced to start him. But chances are you have maybe a better option. I just don't want any part of a Jacoby Brissett-led passing game. Uh, in two seasons, as a full-time starter, his best wide receiver uh, was, a, was T.Y. Hilton, who was still very much the height of his powers. And even then, uh, he was barely a top 25 receiver at the end of the year. I just don't know that you're going to be satisfied with what you get out of Amari Cooper if you start him. I just, I can't do it this year.
4: Yeah, I have him as a sit in the start sits column. And I said basically what you said the other day on the pod. Like, I think this is going to be how it was early in his career for Cooper. It's going to be super boom or super bust. Like, he'll catch
3: a long touchdown, or he'll give you, like, eight fantasy points, something like that. I don't want, do not want this year. All right, uh, last one before we hit a break, Colts and Texans. The Colts, obviously, were super excited about. The Texans have, I think, a lot of sleepers uh, on their team this year.
4: Yeah, I, I think from the Colts side of the ball, we know we're starting Jonathan Taylor. We know we're starting Michael Pittman. Uh, Naheem Hines, maybe a, a flex option. Matt Ryan is like a deeper streaming option this week, I, I think. if you, I, I don't know if you would need to stream a quarterback in week one, but if you do, Matt Ryan is, is a guy for you on the Texans side of things, I think we're starting Brandon cooks and there's one other player. I think we should start and it's Damian <laughs> Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce got a lot of hype a- as the preseason went on. He was PFFs. Number one rated running back from it from this uh, preseason. Um, but this is kind of, I-, I will say like the, it's showing a lot of faith in a rookie because the Colts last year were in the bottom two or three in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. We know they have a good defense, but my thinking is Pierce is explosive. He showed that in the offseason. And even more so, if they're trailing, I know Rex Burkhead is the one we expect to be in a lot, but Damian Pierce was a much better pass blocker than he gets credit for in college. He was a good receiver. so And he's more explosive. If you're trailing, you don't want just a five-yard dump off. You want someone who could take it, 20 yards or something like that so i think pierce is going to get more work than
3: than some may think right now that's the thing that i that i only have a question about is just what happens if the game script goes negative but you know there's talk that he can be a three down back there so that maybe he does stay on the field i know adam rank has already written in Rex burkhead as that that helps no one all star <laughs> uh for week one okay Still a whole heap of games left to get to. We uh, got Packers and Vikings coming up in a little bit. Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers. We'll get to all of those and a little bit more next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
1: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You did I it? it.
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, He Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Giants-Titans next up on the docket. You're starting Saquon. You know that. Uh, starting your guy, Karius Tony. Uh, I think in, in some leagues. Maybe he's a flex option. I think you are not sure if there are many other giants that you can get really excited about. On the Titans side, we know Derrick Henry's going to start. Um, yeah, I know Robert Woods says he expects to play. We'll see if, uh, how many lineups he, he makes his way into. There's not a lot there in Tennessee that I'm super excited about. I did have to draft Ryan Tannehill as the second quarterback in one league last night, and that was Mostly just because he was the best option available in like the 14th (laughs) round. He seemed very excited about it. It was like the 14th round. Everybody else had taken a second quarterback. I'm like, I should probably take one just for safety's sake. Uh, All right, we'll take Ryan Tannehill. Um, But I will give you a sleeper here, and that's back with the Giants. Sterling Shepard is back and healthy again. And we talk about guys who tore their Achilles. He had an Achilles tear sort of midway through last season, but he is back. He's been at practice for the last week or so. Side note, I didn't realize this. Uh, if he can get, I don't, even, I don't even think he needs 50 catches, like 49 catches I think it is, will make him the third leading receiver in Giants history. He's, wow. he's caught a lot of passes uh, for Big Blue. But when he's healthy, he has been one of their more consistent pass catchers in this offense. And I think as much as we like Kadarius Toney, he's just a steady presence there. And I think if he's somebody that Daniel Jones is comfortable with, I think he sees plenty of targets. Uh, I wouldn't start him as more than a flex But I think there's a path for him kind of being a little more than expected because, you know, when we've talked about the Giants. We haven't talked about him at all this offseason, but he's just he's kind of there. He's consistent. He's we sort of take him for granted. uh, And I think he's got some sleeper potential. If nothing else, maybe he ends up being a waiver wire pickup next week.
4: My giant fan friends
3: are more excited for Sterling Shepard than Kenny Galladay. That's where we are now. (laughs) That is where we are now. I still think it can't be any worse for Kenny Galladay than it was last I, year. So I share
4: a team with a Giants fan, uh, and we drafted Kenny Galladay, and he's like, we should drop him for Sterling Shepard.
3: I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, we we got to give Galladay at least one more shot, <laughs> give right? Him a shot. Give him a chance. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. All right, let's talk about this Packers-Vikings game. Florio, who do you have your eye on in this one?
4: Yeah, on the Viking side, Justin Jefferson is a must-start option. Dalvin Cook is a must-start option. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in play a- as a QB1, I think. Um, Adam Thielen is maybe like a-, a flex option. And I think Irv Smith Jr. is a sleeper there as well. It feels weird saying this. There's not as much to get excited for on the Packers' side of the ball, but I think Aaron Rodgers is still in play as a start. Uh, he He's just made a career off of dominating Minnesota. I think Aaron Jones is a start, and I think Aaron Jones' backfield mate in in A.J. Dillon is a start, and I drafted A.J. Dillon in a couple of leagues, and Marcus, I'm just starting him this week. Uh, I I think that we're going to see Aaron Jones, especially if Alan Lazard doesn't play, line up in the slot a bit, out wide, just used a lot in the passing game. I I think we're going to get a lot of two RB sets. It wouldn't surprise me at all if A.J. Dillon actually sees more carries, and last season that was the case. He was seeing 16 plus carries a week and averaging over 18 fantasy points. He was used near the goal line. You see there, like why he's used at the goal line because he's a absolute monster. So I, I would still be starting him more as a low end RB two, but someone that would
3: would be in my starting lineup. I think he gets a big bump in target share as they try to figure out how to how to distribute all these targets uh, that the Devontae Adams left when he uh, went to Las Vegas. That was who's gonna eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Uh, Chiefs at Cardinals, another game with plenty of fantasy options to start. Let's go to the Cardinals side to begin with. Kyler Murray, you know you're starting James Conner, even though I have my Regression concerns, you're still starting James Conner, Marquise Brown. Uh, We'll see if Zach Ertz is ready to go. If he is, uh, I think he's certainly worth starting on that offense as well. On the Chiefs' side, obviously you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably going to be a starter in a lot of leagues this year. But a guy that I think has to be in your lineup this week is Juju Smith-Schuster. Because I think he is the wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey is the number one target overall. Juju is the wide receiver one. And... I know the last couple of seasons have got people down on Juju. Last year he was hurt. The year before that he had like 97 catches, but not even 900 yards. That was more a function of the quarterback and less to have to do with Juju. Now he's got a quarterback that can push the football down the field. I think you're going to see a Juju Smith-Schuster that's closer to what we saw during that big year he had in Pittsburgh. Maybe not quite that big, but I still think he puts up a lot better numbers. I think he gets over 1,000 yards this year, and I think it starts this week because a lot of teams are going to focus their attention on Travis Kelsey. That ball's got to go somewhere else, so uh, I like Juju a lot.
4: I'm with you. I I was, like, lukewarm on Juju early in the summer, but uh, really speaking with you and and Matt Harmon, friend of the show, uh, and and both of you guys, like, Really backing him
3: and got me on board, and now I have Juju in a bunch of my starting lineups this week. <laughs> Look, once once Harmon gives the stamp of approval on a wide receiver, yeah. then I think we all just like, okay, yeah, let's, that's it. This especially is especially on someone like Juju, who we're like, is he still the same guy? And when right. he's like, it, he's it, still the same, yeah, guy. we're like, I'm, I'm on board. The, you know, that, that's that reception perception seal of approval is good enough <laughs> uh, for a lot of us. Uh, Another big game in the AFC West, expect a lot of track meets in this division. This could be one, Raiders, Chargers. I am of an age where I hear Raiders Chargers and I think NBC on a Sunday afternoon with Bob Trumpy and Don Cricky doing the game. I know that people under 30 are like, who the hell are they? Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, again, sort of a lot of fantasy options to kind of muddle over in this game. Yeah, this is going
4: to be a really fun game Uh, on the Chargers side. You're starting Austin Eckler. You're starting Justin Herbert. You're starting Keenan Allen. You're starting Mike Williams. I think Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer are more like guys to have on your bench to see what they do before you get them in your starting lineup. For the Raiders, you're starting Devontae Adams. I think you're still starting Derek Carr, Darren Waller. The running back is a little like Josh Jacobs, I think, is a little bit more depending on what your options are. But one player I'm sitting in this game, Marcus, is Hunter Renfro. And my thing with Hunter Renfro has been last year was the perfect storm for him. Like They lost all of their receivers. Darren Waller was hurt. And he is a volume-dependent type of receiver. Uh, He's not a field stretcher, so it's not like he's going to be able to pick up points in chunks. I know he was useful in the red zone and near the end zone last year, but I still think Devontae Adams is going to be their top target there. I think Darren Waller will be number two. I I don't expect him to get anywhere close to the touchdown total he had last season. So when you don't have volume there and you're a slot receiver, you quickly become Cole Beasley, someone that's like, more useful for your real-life team, who will have some nice weeks, but who's more like a guy that you never feel really comfortable starting in fantasy?
3: All of those things you just listed are why I don't think I drafted Hunter Renfro yeah, much neither. of anywhere this past year because you're right. If he's not getting that target volume, you know, and he's getting you six yards a catch, it's just not going to really amount to much uh, this year. So I've, I've kind of stayed away from him there. By the way, you mentioned Gerald Everett. Uh, that's a name that I've heard – both Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert talking up a lot lately. Just unsolicited. I, I like
4: just I like Gerald Everett. I've had him as like a, a sleeper. He's been a top 15 tight end, I think, in my rankings. But he, I, I want to see it a week first before Agreed. I start him.
3: No, absolutely. I'm not starting him just yet, but I do want to see how the Chargers uh, are going to use him. Sunday night football. It is the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, two teams that have big-time aspirations this year. And uh, teams that have... Some intriguing fantasy pieces, guys you're starting, but also guys that, you know, maybe you're kind of taking a wait-and-see attitude on.
4: Yeah, uh, on the Bucks, I'm starting uh, Tom Brady. I'm starting Mike Evans. We got to see what Chris Godwin's situation is. If he plays, I, I think he's more of like a flex range. I-, I would be a little cautious. If he sits, Gage and Julio each get a boost there. I'm starting Leonard Fournette as well. Uh, with the Cowboys, I'm starting CeeDee Lamb. I'm starting Dak Prescott. I'm starting uh, Dalton Schultz. But I'm being aware of the running game. I, I'm <laughs> saying you could still start Ezekiel Elliott. I have him as an RB2 in my rankings. But the Bucks every year, the last like three, four years, have been towards the top. If they don't allow the fewest rushing yards to running backs, they're in the top two or three. Like this is one of the best run defenses in football. and. If we have to worry about Tony Pollard stealing targets away from Zeke, then we're relying on Zeke doing a lot of his damage on the ground, and this is a bad matchup for that. So again, I'm still, uh, I still have him in the starters range, but don't be surprised if after the game you're like, "Oh, I thought I expected more out of Zeke Elliott." It's just a really tough matchup.
3: I'm, I'm curious, and like I've drafted him in a lot of places. I'm going to be starting him. I'm curious how exactly they're going to use him because, yeah, while analytics twitter and fantasy twitter loves tony pollard the cowboys keep saying like as zeke goes so go we which means to me that they're going to try to lean on him so i'm very curious to see what what he has uh, to offer this week monday night football the broncos and the seahawks uh it's tough scene (laughs) tough scene for seattle right they trade russell wilson away and they got to start their season by facing russell wilson coming back into their house screaming let's ride on national TV, on without national a second month.
4: Normally, we get the Sunday month second Monday night game. They were really like, "Nope, we want all eyes on you're this. you're
3: an island <laughs> game against the guy you traded away." Good luck, Seattle. But I will say, look, let's let's start with the Broncos side. You're starting Russ. Uh, you're you're starting the, uh, Javante Williams. You may be starting Melvin Gordon. You're certainly starting Cortland Sutton. Maybe even Jerry Judy as a, a potential flex play there. Uh, on the the Seattle side, yeah, you're probably starting Rashad Penny uh you know I don't know if you're starting Tyler Lockett but you are starting DK Metcalf and this is just as sort of a reminder that that it's okay to start DK Metcalf I know there was a lot of concern borderline panic about Metcalf this offseason because the quarterback situation wasn't great totally understand that it makes a whole lot of sense um but He's still the number one wide receiver there in Seattle. He's still going to get a ton of targets. He's still just a physical specimen who's hard to tackle once he has the football in his hands. And on top of that, if this game goes the way I expect, the Broncos have a lead. The Seahawks are going to be in in catch-up mode, which means it's going to be Geno Smith throwing the football a lot. A lot of those targets are going to go to DK Metcalf. So if anybody has any, any trepidation about starting him, I say don't worry about it. The volume is going to be there. It's okay to start DK Metcalf this week.
4: What what I'm as you were talking about the game script, I had this galaxy brain idea. Like mm-hmm. Geno Smith should start until it gets out of hand and then you, you just bring in Drew Locke to just air it out downfield <laughs> and see if he can start get even balls <laughs> down the
3: field. That's interesting. I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to think that way. No. Pete's going to be like, let's just run the ball more. Yep. That's why I'm
4: starting Rashad Penny because he's going to be like, you know what's going to help us not fall behind four (laughs) touchdowns? Running three (laughs) times every drive with Rashad. Three three runs and a punt. This is going to be our strategy.
3: (laughs) And then when things go bad, we're going to let Geno sling the football. Good luck, Pete. Let's get to some under-the-radar players we like this week. Florio, who's a sleeper you think is going to ball
4: out? I think Romeo Dobbs is. And, and, I mean, this is – a draft sleeper, a week one sleeper, every kind of sleeper you want. But Alan Lazard is legit up in the air right now. Um, and even if he plays, like, there's just no proven top target there. And Romeo Dobbs has been making plays all preseason, all throughout camp. He's been getting the most hype. Uh, so I, I think you just want him on your roster in case it comes to fruition. Like, the Packers... What could I mean, what's wrong with taking a shot on potentially their wide receiver one there with Aaron Rodgers? So, I don't know if you start Dobbs just yet, but definitely search the waiver wire in case he's still out there. You definitely want this guy on your roster. I'm
3: sure he's out there in a lot of leagues. because It feels like Romeo Dobbs is one of those folks that, that people like us drafted a lot, but that the general public still has not clued yes. into. Yeah. So, I'm sure he's available on a lot of waiver wires. I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. And we started the show talking about the Saints and the Falcons, and I mentioned that, that Winston – uh, has more touchdown passes against the Falcons than any other team in his career. Now, obviously, you know you have to take that with a grain of salt because you know defenses and coaches have changed and a lot of things that are different over the years. Uh, but the point being, the Falcons' defense generally has not been very good, and Jameis has figured out how to exploit it. I don't think the Falcons' defense is going to be very good again. I think Jameis is going to figure out how to exploit it in week one. Over the season, it will be ups and downs with Jameis Winston just because that's who he is. But I think he gets off to a hot start. Uh, I think you mentioned Michael Thomas is a guy to start. Him, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, I think he spreads the ball around. Uh, and I think Jameis Winston gets off to a pretty fast week one.
4: I, I agree. I, I actually wrote about him as a start in the start sit column this week. So right. I, I'm with you on on Winston. And then uh, Kenyon Drake is my other sleeper there, Marcus. Um, I've added Kenyon Drake to a lot of like the back end of my rosters just because we don't know what JK Dobbins if he's going to play, how much he's going to play. And then behind him, we already know Gus Edwards isn't ready yet, so it's really like Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis there. So Drake is the one I'm thinking could be the lead uh, ball carrier, maybe even see a couple of targets there. I'm adding him just in case this Dobbins injury lasts longer than we anticipate.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think Kenyon Drake's a sleeper. I also think Mike Davis, just because he may be the goal line guy and yeah. has a touchdown upside, but it's going to be a combination of both. Um, I think I think for both, you probably need a touchdown to feel really good about their weekly performance. Plus, we know that Lamar's going to run the ball too. Yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> So that's something to always keep in mind. Uh, my other sleeper is Nico Collins here in week one, and he was another draft sleeper that we were talking about as we got closer uh, to this point in the year. Uh, you know, we know Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver one. That is undisputed there in Houston, but Collins has really solidified himself as wide receiver two. I think this is going to be a pass-heavy offense, partially because that's how Pep Hamilton runs, partially because they're going to be losing a lot of games and having to throw the football, and I think week one will be an example. They've got the Colts. And I see Indy being able to put up a lot of points, whether it's Jonathan Taylor on the ground, through the air with Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman. Uh, But I see the Colts getting out to a lead, and I think it's going to be Davis Mills throwing the football to Cooks into collins to try and keep the, the houston texans in this game so uh very much like nico collins in week one
4: yeah i i like that call as well and oh uh, i think he
3: can he can catch a lot of touchdowns potentially this year wouldn't be bad at all by the way a deep sleeper i like brevin jordan too the tight end there I, I
4: liked him in draft season a little bit it's like a late tight end too something like
3: that yeah very much a deep sleeper potential uh this week and maybe all throughout the season for houston uh by the way if you want more sleepers Every week, I write a Sleepers column. You can find it at NFL.com slash Sleepers. The good news, it's out early this week. Uh, it came out on Tuesday during the season. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 reggae horn it up. Um, during the year, it'll be uh, out on Thursdays. But you can, again, find it at NFL.com slash Sleepers. Uh, almost done here. But we've gone through plenty of draft strategy. We've given you Sleepers, guys to avoid. So many different topics we can think of. As we get ready for the start of the NFL and the fantasy football season, what last bit of advice do you have for people?
4: I would be aggressive on the waiver wire, and especially with players that potentially have upside. I think a mistake a lot of people make is they'll see a player have a big game, and they're like, well, I want to see him do it again. And it's like, well, at that point, he's on someone else's (laughs) roster. And the other mistake I think people make sometimes is they're like, they'll have a player, I always use Cole Beasley as this example in the past, but someone like that who can give you like – you know, a safe floor of, like, nine, ten points a week, and they're like, well, I need this guy in case someone gets hurt or bye weeks. It's like, no, I I think you'd better suited cutting that guy and just taking upside flyers and hoping something sticks because not only does that change your starting lineup then, it could change your dynamic in standing in the league
3: altogether. Yeah, sitting on those guys with the safe floor but low ceilings, uh, just it's not, it's not satisfying. It's no. not appealing at all. Uh, for me, it's just going to be simple. Just Just enjoy this, man. Like, this – we are playing a game based on a game and I know everybody wants to win and it's certainly exciting and we're all going all in on this. Um, don't let this stress you out and affect your your week to week and your day to day life. Um, you know don't don't get too high or too low over this cuz in the end it doesn't really matter. And don't tweet at players. Yes. Do not tweet at the players when they they know when they perform poorly. They don't like it. it they they're more upset about it than you are, right? So don't give them a hard time. It's just also for us. Right? We all want the players to be inclusive of what we do. We want them to be a part of our community. I think it's awesome what Austin Eckler is doing with our friends over at Yahoo. We want more players to embrace fantasy football the way Austin Eckler has. That happens if we're not out there giving them hell on social media whenever they have a bad game. So uh, enjoy it. Don't tweet at players. Uh, and just, let's just make this a really, really fun season. What will make it a fun season, though, we have a Stardom Situm show that's going to be airing every single week. Florio, please tell everybody how fun it's going to be. It's going to be so much fun. Last year, we
4: would break out money guns every week. And, and we give you fantasy advice as well, telling you who to start and sit.
3: But we just... It's a loose show. We have a lot of fun in in how we do it. So it's going to be Florio. It'll be Kimmy Checks every single Thursday. You can see that there on NFL.com. You can find it on our YouTube channel. Uh, On the NFL channel, on any uh, FAST devices, that's uh, free ad-supported television. I've had to ask that question like four times before I remembered what FAST stood for. Uh, Also, the NFL Fantasy app is going to have it as well. So. Woo! that was a mouthful. We got through a whole show. Week one, it is here. We have finally made it. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Subway. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, it's football season. Anything can happen. Enjoy week one. We'll be back with you on Monday. Have a good one, everybody.